1: Lucky Lefty
2: Podcast. Lucky Lefty Podcast.
1: Man, we should. somebody should do a song. I'm telling you, that's the next step. So, right, drop the beat for us.
2: Throw that bad fellow on TikTok.
1: <laughs>
2: make a little dance to it. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm Sean Davis. I know the Blake's Boston College 44, the zip. That dude right there, he is the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We are brought to you by Nora Whiskey and norahwhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey at norahwhiskey.com. And if you drink, by gosh, you got to drink.
1: Responsibly.
2: Absolutely. Jumping into it. Look, one month until signing day. One month until signing day, we'll talk about some recruiting stuff. Some rumors. Some trends. Flipping season. All of that stuff. Then we'll get into some comments that got people riled up I, I i've come to realize this weekend that i'm just a different breed bro <laughs> like i focus too much on what i need to be grateful for in life than what i can't have i hear that you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i focus on what i've been given to be able to live a great life
1: Less and anxiety I'm, in your life when you're grateful, man.
2: Yeah. And I, I don't have time to focus on what everybody else is doing to be successful. I just don't. I don't. But we're going to get into that. we we'll talk about the unfortunate comments, according to Irish fans that Phil Jacobic made over the weekend. Uh, We'll dig into it, because I knew it was going to come up. I knew it was going to come up. It came up on my feed, on social media, and I I stayed away from it. I spoke about it a little bit on the Ivy Post game show, but, yeah. I'm not going to go full in, because I can't for certain reasons, but we'll get to it.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
2: Well, overall, what what were your thoughts about a, a somewhat controversial weekend of college football? But I'm going to tell you what, man. I was thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed that UCLA-USC game. Thoroughly enjoyed, man. I thoroughly enjoyed that game. That was, was a great, great, great college football game. Fantastic. Absolutely. Football game. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But overall, how'd you feel about the weekend of college football?
1: So uh, it was a good weekend. I thought it it got to show uh, a lot of what guys have uh, that have been counted out. You talk about Spencer Rattler, a guy that's been through a lot, uh, and go out there and, and perform like that against the number five team in the country at home. It's it's been really cool. It's been really cool to see him uh get back to being where he should be. Also, uh for us, being able to 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 have a dominant performance and and do the things that, that I was saying was important for us to be able to do and show going into this SC week, which I fully believe we're ready to take that challenge head on. Um, and and winning in, in, in the fashion that we did. Like Zay Flowers, like, come on, we we handle that. That's a that's a great. Uh thing you can hang your hat on defensively. Uh and then just that UCLA USC game, man. Caleb Williams, still my favorite football uh quarterback right now. And I mean, him and DTR is out there dueling and dealing and uh dropping dimes and all type of playmaking. So uh it's just really good to see when you have two uh superstar quarterbacks uh going against each other in a late night primetime game. Uh, how fun it makes college football in in, in general. And so uh, seeing that just uh, excited me because I know that that game is very emotional. It took a lot out of uh, SC. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm glad for that. We need that, that chunk taken out, especially when we go out there uh, and try to give them another upset.
2: Yeah. We got a full week to talk about the matchup, you know, Notre Dame goes out, we're going to step on the buildings like the dog pound stepped on the buildings when they did New York, New York, baby. That's right. We're coming to crush the Coliseum. That's our focus. Plenty of time this week to talk about the matchup weeks ago. You said this would be the biggest challenge to the Notre Dame secondary, Uh, your relationship going back to his junior year in high school with Caleb Williams and seeing him at the elite 11 and him and his dad, and the angst he has over not getting an offer from Notre Dame and that chip still being on his shoulder. It's going to play a part in this That's game. Really he, what wants you asked me, right? yeah. he wants to put on a show against Notre Dame and close it out. So it's a lot of storylines. A lot of storylines. It's going to be fantastic. Bitter rivals with everything on the line. Everything's on the line for SC. Everything. Yo, I, I, I fully expect it to be a classic Notre Dame-USC game.
1: Yeah, so I definitely think it should be around where that Bush-Push game is. The Any game Reggie Bush played in, I think uh, it's going to be that type of excitement. Uh, the Brady-Quinn matchups, the Jimmy Clawson matchups with SC. I think this is one of those performances and um, especially how it was in 2012 where everything was on the line for us and we needed to beat USC to close it out and get to the championship. Now it's just vice versa. We become the spoilers in this case. And I think uh, we can get it done. I honestly think we can get it yeah. done. Uh, yeah. Marcus Freeman has got this team in the right mindset and, and they playing with each other. And, and you know, Foskey finally got that sack record. So, You know, a lot of good things are cooking. Now, obviously, we're going in with the worser of the quarterbacks, but I think if he just Mm -hmm. does his job, we can can get a chance to win.
2: You know what? That's the LL question of the day, bro. Brought to you by Whiskey. At the end of the game, to decide the game, which unit would you prefer to be on the field? The Notre Dame offense needing to score, or the Notre Dame defense needing to get a stop in the fourth quarter? That's the LL question of the day. Mm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Do you trust this Notre Dame offense against a worn down, thin in the pants USC defense, or do you trust? This Notre Dame defense that has given up some points in the fourth quarter to stop Caleb Williams, Mike Williams, and that
1: they got some guys over Jordan
2: there. Addison, you know, mean? Washington. I can go on and on. <laughs> yeah. Who do you trust? Look, man,
1: that's the I one. That's- Morrison, that's that's who I need to trust.
2: Man, man, who do you trust? I see the chat is lighting up. If <laughs> No, I'm sorry, Bob. You're not getting a blowout this week, my brother. Yeah, oh, yeah. They can, score,
1: they can score as many points as they, as they need to. That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Notre Dame's Dame going to have to score some points this week, but it would not be a blowout.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I it, think it, this is Caleb Williams injures himself walking around campus and flip flops. Maybe you have a chance for some
1: maybe. Yeah, maybe. Now, ain't no maybe. If he ain't there, we definitely went in and smoking him for sure.
2: (laughs) Let's talk about this this shutout win. Look, you predicted that they would get over 40 points in your prediction, bro. I I didn't see it. I thought the, the inclement weather would play a part. But, yo, they really were able to go ahead, do what they needed to do, and really from the first drive, five plays, all Logan digs. They were dominant. They were flat out dominant.
1: Yeah, they were really good. And I think a lot of it too is because they had such a young quarterback in the, on the other side of the ball mm-hmm. that our offense was going to get more chances to score and better field position to to do that with. And we were able to take advantage and score the points against a team that we knew we were better than going into it. So I saw this a lot like how the UNC game was in week, what was that, three or four? So I I, I expected a score high like this and, and a great defensive performance because ain't no freshman quarterback beating us unless your yeah. last name is Tagovailoa. So, you know, uh, other than that, I thought our defense was going to stand out because of that. So even with the freshman quarterback, Zay Flowers couldn't do too much. And uh, even when they tried, we had some for it. So I think – all around, this is uh, it's just crazy that Marcus Freeman stays so clean throughout the game. <laughs> man, that brother stayed clean through the snowstorm. I don't know how he did that,
2: man. Steve Martinez, this is funny because now we, we're disrespecting UCLA. He said they barely beat UCLA, we barely beat Nathan. What's your point? <laughs> like, what's your point? Like, don't, 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 UCLA's
1: do that. Good too.
2: we're not doing that, we're not doing that. That's a road game in conference against a rival that got out to a 14-0 lead and everybody thought UCLA was about to run them. And USC did what they had to do.
1: They did what they had to do.
2: To come back and get the victory. That's not diminish what they did on Saturday night. Like I said, it was a fabulous college football game. Absolutely amazing. But getting back to – Notre Dame's ability, and Marcus Freeman talked about this, and we'll get to Marcus Freeman in a minute. He talked about the ability to establish, I don't care what front the defense is running. We have to run the ball. I don't care how many people they have in the box. We have to find a way to run the ball. When I heard him say that, I was like, okay. I mean, heck, if that's the mentality, <laughs> you haven't, you know, and, and it's really because of we understand why he's saying that. And I think he said it. We're the team we need to be to win today. But it doesn't yeah. mean that we're the team that we're going to be. Yeah. You understand? So I was pleasantly surprised. I thought Boston College would do a little bit more than they did. I thought they were press. I thought Boston College would come in and just be like, look. We putting 10 in the box. Y'all can play out. We're going man to man all day. Safety's Absolutely. in the box. And they really didn't do that. It was almost like they tried to line up and, and feel like they could do some things. They could stunt, they could slant and do some things with the linebackers to interrupt the running game. And they found out quickly, like, nah.
1: He's like, oh, we have to tackle though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we look good getting there, but tackling them dudes, Yeah, you know, no, that's a whole nother issue.
2: Yeah. Let's start right now. Lucky Lefty Podcast, brought to you by Nora Whiskey. Go to CFB Nation right now. Get all of our great content. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave five stars. We would greatly appreciate it. Leave your comments. We love those. We respond to those. Make sure you get involved. Follow us at Lucky Lefty Pod on Instagram and Twitter. As well, SD two mics, overtime Malik and Malik here eight. It's time for the grades, bro. Now, is this going to be the first week you give A's across the board? Can we to. fast forward? Can we fast forward through this? We might. Yeah, you yeah we give might. A's have across to. the
1: board. <laughs> A's across the board. Anytime you get a shutout, and we had to deal with the weather conditions. Your yeah. Team and was making plays when you couldn't even see them on TV.
2: Yeah. If I couldn't see the
1: plays being made on TV, I don't know how Ben caught that pick. So, Right. (laughs) (laughs) A's across the board, man. It was just great to see us uh, on all phases, too, just come out and and really do our thing.
2: Now, somebody on this show, during that prediction, did not predict the 40 points, but did predict a double-digit lead early, and that – the snow would begin to fall in the second half (laughs) and called it a magical day. That's what I asked for. And I got exactly what I asked for. Jump out early, make it a magical day. Absolutely. I challenge everyone, everyone to go watch the last defensive play of the game. And you want to be happy about the future of Notre Dame? Watch the three players that smacked the running back. They were
1: all. Yeah, true pressure. The, the only the only plays that mattered was the plays made by Jalen Snead. <laughs> I knew you. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about him, love. Talk I, about him. I, I wish he. Look, that was the best plays the whole day was made by Jalen Snead at the end. Just like mm, when you talk about, you need that bully on the team where you're like, Is this guy okay outside of the football field? That's the guy you need right there. That's the guy that's changing the nature of the Notre Dame defense right there in the future. You that's see a, in the future right that's, there.
2: That's our Alvin Mack,
1: bro. They said the game over, man. Calm down. He said, No, smacking fools. Then he was talking stuff to the yes, running yeah, yes. what you what? What I'm here. Oh man, that was the best play of the game, and he did it again. I mean, he was all over the field. I, mean, right. I don't know about that weight room, nothing. He looked like he's ready to roll, and uh, I don't know if it's too late, but put him in there. Shoot him and Prince Collie, put mix it up, man. Jalen Sneed deserves everything he's getting in the future, man. I can't wait to see how he develops, but man, no fear. And I like
2: oh, that. He's going to be our album Mac at the line of scrimmage talking to the quarterback. I remember <laughs> you. I remember you. You're the one that did that to my mother. That's right. That's <laughs> right.
1: Yes. Yo, so his maybe, attitude, maybe, oh, man, man. Maybe It's been a while.
2: Be. It's been a while since we've had someone that infectious with an attitude like that.
1: Maybe uh Aaron, uh Aaron Lynch. I mean, not Aaron Lynch. Uh, 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 uh who's the uh, the DN that went to USF after Notre Dame? Aaron Lynch. Oh yeah, Aaron Lynch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Maybe with that's the last attitude. Uh, Let man. me tell you
2: something. On the last play of the game, <laughs> you go watch it. Now this is Jalen Sneed. already popped the running back. Already popped. Had already done that. Last play of the game, they run to the left. Josh Burnham is playing defensive end. Nolan Ziegler is playing inside linebacker. And Jalen Sneed is Rover. All three of them got to that dude. All three. Now, one is on the other. Burnham chased them down from the backside. Ziegler's in the middle. Sneed's at Rover. And they They all at
1: the same time. Man,
2: they took a full season of waiting on the sideline out.
1: And them three played. They stood out out. more than almost anything else in the whole day. (laughs) Like, I almost wanted to turn off until I saw him. here. I said, oh, he hit him like that. Yes. How much time left? And he hit him again? Yes.
2: (laughs) It was fantastic to see. And I understand people have been begging for, I think, for a lot of reasons. Um, you saw why they rely on JD Bertrand heavily right. as the leader of that defense. And to get him back was huge. Um, but this is what I've been telling people all season, man. Like you can get caught up. And understandably so. I'm not telling you to feel good about Stanford. I'm not telling you to feel good about Marshall. But what I have been telling you all year is that things are, are changing on this roster as far as the talent.
1: That's right.
2: Did you see the play Jason Onye made? They called him for the face mask. But, you know, it's like, yo and and Traces. Tyson Ford gets in there. Look, the athlete. On this roster, at the bottom level, it's different.
1: Yeah, it's different.
2: And it's going, as they ascend, the level under them is going to be different.
1: You'll see on it's, on and so it's forth. change, though. It's a huge transition of, of different athlete you're going to see mm-hmm. this next year. Yeah. And it's just from them three plays alone. Yes. We haven't had a, a, a three plays like that in a while. No. From just an excitement, I want to watch that all the time. Yeah. Like, Fowski broke Justin Tuck's sack record uneventfully in a lot of cases.
2: Yeah. yeah, you heard the claps. They announced it, and I was like, okay.
1: It was just, you know, it wasn't, but you would be like, dang, you had 25 your whole career. I didn't even,
2: yeah.
1: I didn't even remember counting them all. So it's like, but them three plays by the freshman? yeah. You can tell that that's going to be something you want to watch every week. Yeah. And you're going to remember that. So I think Mar- Marcus Freeman did his recruiting job really well, and you're going to see the, the fruits of that in these years to come.
2: Man. Now, let me tell you the best picture of the weekend. It wasn't the seniors coming back out doing snow angels and having a snow fight and building snowmen that was called. It wasn't Aldrich Estimates, touchdown running through the snow it wasn't Benjamin Morrison's two interceptions. Let me tell you the most important picture from this weekend, bro. And you might put me on the petty train, but for me, this is the best, this is the most important picture all weekend that we saw. All weekend, bro. There it is right there. <laughs> see that? That's about three to four inches difference, bro.
1: Yeah.
2: You see that? Yeah. That's about 6'2 to me. I'm saying six three. You say six three. That's about because you know Drew Pine's like five ten, five ten.
1: That's about six two to me. Drew got cleats on. Hey, you're right. That's a so good see, point. And that takes about an inch and maybe three inches off. You know? That's that's, so that's that's about a good point. Five, eight. Yeah, something. Either way, I like that picture. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why? And it shows that he looks comfortable, mm. and he knows that that's the passing of the torch mm. in the future. Because they're gonna put this picture up there on on Kenny on Kenny Minchie's senior year, and be like, "This is where it all started." And this and this is what's gonna have to happen, man. I'm glad that Drew is a good sport. He knows what needs to enhance his program, mm. and he's doing his job as a Notre Dame quarterback. Yeah. Mm getting talent to come to the school.
2: I like this picture, right? Because you wonder how much fraternization goes on between the recruits and the actual players on the roster. Um, Kenny Minchie kicked it with the crew all day. He walked the stadium with Tommy Reese on Friday night. He arrived on Friday. immediately went to Notre Dame. Kicked it with the coaches, with Freeman, Tommy Reese. They went to the stadium. Tommy showed them. This is your house. This is your house. You're here. You don't right? see
1: any QBs here.
2: Next day, he gets to the stadium. Who's waiting on him? Drake Bowen. He took a picture next to Drake Bowen. He's taller than Drake Bowen, bro.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, look
2: at the picture with him and Drake Bowen. He's got Drake eh, by a little bit.
1: And Drake's big.
2: Yeah, and everybody's going, right? he's listed at 6'1. And how tall is he? There you go. There you go. There you go. Can you see for yourself. Can you see for yourself. Great weekend. Talked to Drake Bourne. Said everything was fantastic. He was like, he basically said he's like already one of the boys. It's like he's been around us all year long. He's one of the boys. That's right. So, look, I just had to show that picture, bro. That that made my heart feel good. I was like, yes. This picture means so many good things.
1: Everyone, so many good things. I going to get a lot more competitive.
4: Yeah.
2: That picture makes – look, a guy like Drew sees him and says, okay, it's about to get hot. About to get hot. Yeah, because I think him and Tyler may be comfortable with they have one another. Nice From a competitive standpoint, you know. they're okay.
1: we, we fair, fair
2: you know, They I look back at Steve. They look back at Steve. They really don't feel You're like uh, he, a lot of pressure.
1: He's he could be one of our guys. He's yeah, he's a guy. He's one of us.
2: Kenny shows up in January. See. See now.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Now we got a little Ari Lennox going on. Look, look, pressure, pressure. Pressure?
1: (laughs) Now, now, now you want to run your own receiver? You know, uh, uh, times outside of the field. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be good pressure. Yeah, yeah, good pressure. Now,
2: do you think we should let uh, Brayden Lindsey? Give his uh opinion on Kenny Minchie before he uh walks the stage. <laughs> Braden, what do you think about Kenny Minchie? <sighs> man, he's got some of the best hair I've seen <laughs> from my quarterbacks. You know, it. Really soft. Got a nice, nice style to it. <laughs> it's like yeah. what? Braden is the best, man. Brave is the best. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Go ahead, bro. Let's start with the offensive
1: line. Offensive line, got to give them an A just because I love the fact that we can continue to run the ball whenever we want, no matter what the box looks like. And to start off how we did with Logan Diggs getting a 57-yard run, just yeah. to let everybody know that we're blocking stuff around here. It's just it's just a, a performance. Once again, Harry He stand, has made us uh, a competitive top four team offensively every year.
2: All right. Or no, let's go to the receivers. Let's go to the receivers.
1: You know, we give them a, a B plus. Uh just good to see them. Uh be involved a little bit more, but mm-hmm. under the conditions and still being able to be technically sound and do some good things here and there and catch and run after the catch. Uh, you know, you're you happy with the win because it was just overwhelmingly great against a team that we know shouldn't even have been on the same field because they got a lot of different issues going on themselves. Mm-hmm. But we're just a better football team, so it's hard to give anything under than a B plus.
2: Running backs.
1: Got to give them an A. They are the workhorse of the team. Yes. They are the workhorse of the team. So I think it's just important that we just know that at the end of the day, our running backs are going to carry us the whole way. Now, when we get that extra quarterback, that's when we become the brand of college football. Once again, we take back over. What we felt like we should have had in 2015, 16, and, and there beyond. So
2: I just want to say Logan Diggs and Audrey Estimate have an outside shot of both going over a thousand yards. That would be that would be phenomenal. And I'm sure hopefully Notre Dame is going to give us that information in the packet they send to us each and every week. I'm not sure the last time that happened. Two 1,000-yard rushers at Notre Dame. That would be...
1: Uh, not- Sneer no. and Theo? In 12? Or or Theo had like a 1,000 all-purpose or something like that? Maybe. Maybe. Mm. But yeah, 2,000-yard backs, crazy. Because we'll, we, what we usually do is just run the heck out of one like mm-hmm. we did C.J. or Josh. But we at that time, we had C.J., Josh, and Dex, where they all could have had 2,000-yard running backs. We just didn't do it like that. But now, the way we're running it by committee, I mean, these guys are so talented. they They can both give us a little bit of that thunder and lightning that we talked about.
2: I think the last time, Josh and C.J., was okay, the, was the last time it was
1: close. Josh
2: and CJ. Okay, Josh and CJ was the last time it was close. That was when you were injured.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I knew it was I knew I was there at some point. Yeah. Or it was close to that at least.
2: Yeah. Lucky, lucky podcast. So let's go to the quarterback.
1: You know, you give him an A. Uh senior night, I think he did really well, man, for putting on the show. Uh got us in good positions, you know, and and gave the ball to the guys that, you know, we know we can that can make plays for him. And yeah. he's getting more comfortable being in that position, trusting the offense, and uh not making too many mistakes. So as long as he can keep on that trajectory, uh, you know, you gotta give him an A. Now I hope he does the same type of Performance and we looks comfortable against teams that actually, you know, are pretty good like next week. So hopefully this game gives them enough confidence to be like, if I just stick to the script, I can at least give us a chance, at least late, against USC.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And if USC does not play at the same level, if USC allows Notre Dame to jump out 14-zip, The Notre Dame defense is totally different than UCLA. Now, I will say that, right, the styles make fights, um, the type of game, how it starts, going into the half, what happens. There are pockets of games that are really important. But you play full 60. I don't think USC really wants to give Notre Dame a 14-zip lead and then try to play catch up because you won't have the same amount. They got so many extra opportunities because of the turnovers and the interceptions from DTR. The fumble, they also got opportunities from, man, the UCLA offense just kind of bogging down for a nice little period. Notre Dame is going to take time off the clock.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be a 40-45 to 45 type of game. Just That's just not how we're going to allow it to go even though I don't think we should be super conservative like we were against Ohio State, I think we should All stay right. aggressive. I just don't think the nature of having three running backs and two that can go hit 4,000, having a, a short-time possession, I don't think that's possible. So I do think that it'll be more around that 28-35, like sort of how the Utah game was. for them. No, no, that was that was high score. It'll be more 28-35 range, I would expect. Uh, in a matchup like this,
2: oh boy, Lucky Lefty podcast go to the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> you know what? I can't go to the, I can't go to the defensive side of the ball without hearing from that dude. Boy, this dude makes me proud to be a Notre Dame fan. Left, he makes me proud to be a Notre Dame fan. And if everyone doesn't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that star that was born on November 5th against Clemson.
5: All my credit to my defensive line. Um, without their pressure, <laughs> I wouldn't have came. Um, so once I saw them get in the backfield, I knew I had to plastic. That's what um, Coach Mickens um, emphasized all week: um, plastic in the receiver. So when the quarterback scrambles, I got to make sure I, I'm on my man at all times. Um, and I got, <clears throat> I saw my opportunity. I went and go and went and got and went to go get it. Um, and the second one was just – I just felt the release um, and trusted my instincts and looked back, and there it was.
3: What What's your thought going through your mind on the third one? you see that ball floating in the snow, knowing you have two picks?
5: Um, I didn't really – it didn't really hit me. Uh, I just – I don't know. I know the opportunity. Um, I want to capitalize on it. So – Great here. players
1: just be around the ball, man. Like, that's it. That's just how it happens. I, I used to be so, like – mystified how Matthias Farley would have so many picks and turnovers and stuff. And I'd be like, he would be the slowest DB we have at the time. (laughs) You know, we had fast guys and all this other stuff, but it's like, no matter what the ball would always find Matthias and Matthias always find the football. And it was just one of those things. Great players just are just great around the ball. I don't know. And he has great ball skills as well to be able to, Like he said, trust his instincts, turn around and make the play. What's been the complaint about half the time with our secondary is that we'll be there, but just don't make the play, i.e. Nick Coleman, even though I love him to death. But man, if Nick Coleman had a little bit of the Benjamin Morrison instinct, Nick Coleman would be Deion Sanders now. (laughs) But anyway, I do think that Having a guy like this emerge at such a young age on his defense shows the, the leadership that surrounds him and gives him the confidence to be able to make these plays and also what it can mean for recruiting. I know guys that Marcus Freeman is recruiting defensively are probably like, man, this is can be me, Peyton Bowen. You know? So I think it's important that we continue just nurturing – our superstars, and also being able to put them in good positions to make plays.
2: Look, man, this young man here is absolutely fantastic, Left, Not highly thought of, pushed. And this is my thing, because, like I said, it is flipping season. A lot of rumors out there. Great House, Bowen, too. Benjamin Morrison is a dude. Is he a five star? No. Jalen Sneed is a dude. Is he a five star? I mean, you ain't playing like it. Stop, man. Yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame is about to break the recruiting total points record in that era. That's including the Brian Kelly era. Brian Kelly never had a class. Highly ranked. And they did it with a staff that wasn't even together until mm. seven and a half months ago, mm. Complete eight months. Let me tell me the last time Brian Kelly had the number one and number three player in the nation in his class. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm about to preach a little bit, bro. All yeah. this padding, all this whining. <laughs> you gotta learn to be grateful. Because things don't always go your way. Yeah, fold your arms, love.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: I'm still waiting. When's the last time Notre Dame had the number one player in the class and the number three player in the class? Committed simultaneously to Notre Dame. When? When? Tell me the last number one player in the nation to even look Notre Dame's way. Tell me. I'm waiting. I don't know. And for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with Notre Dame, they chose to go
1: elsewhere. They chose go elsewhere. That's
2: on that Fine. Bounce. If you're not in it because you don't love it, bounce. I don't want you here if you don't want to be here. And you're not about to pimp us. Nope. That's not happening. Go, go. When's the last time Notre Dame had five, five, five players in the top 99?
1: All right, now. Are we doing something over here?
2: It's currently six, but I just said five just in case one of them decides not to come. Yeah. So I'll leave it at five.
1: I'll leave it at five.
2: I'll leave it at five. When's the last time they had five in the top 99? Once again, a staff that's only been here. Chancey Stuckey started recruiting in like March. When, this is my problem? We whine too much, dude. And don't understand how much we have to be grateful about. Once again, go watch the last play of the Boston College game. That's what you should be grateful for. That's what you have hope for. A recruiting class in 23 that is about to break the record that at one time had the number one player and the number three player. You lost them. It hurts. But those type of players never even committed to Notre Dame.
1: What do you say to that?
2: Marcus Freeman put Notre Dame at the table, at that type of table, for the first time. Be grateful because he's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, he's
2: at that table in twenty four. He's going to be at that table in twenty five, and That's he's right. going to learn how to close the deal. You
1: Don't know. Learn how to close it.
2: Be grateful,
1: because this is the year one. Year one. It's year one. Year one. He just started recruiting in January. Ain't even got a chance to win anything yet. No. He's about to break the record. With two
2: questionable losses on his resume.
1: Two.
2: He lost to Stanford and Marshall. And still is about to break the record. Be grateful. What are we talking? Be grateful, man. This man. Would you like to tell people what the talk about Notre Dame from a recruiting landscape was? under Brian Kelly, especially towards the end of his tenure? You want to talk about how Notre Dame had become a laughing stock from a recruiting standpoint, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: especially among your position, quarterbacks nationally? You want to talk about what Caleb Williams has a chip on his shoulder? You can talk about it, Lev. Go ahead.
1: The fact that we called Keaton Slovis the kid we was smacking up and down the field and didn't even call Caleb at all. Wait a minute. Both times?
2: They didn't even offer Caleb.
1: In high school. They didn't call him the first time when he was a high schooler or went after. Him. It just and but you call Keaton's who
2: quarterbacks weren't rocking with you from a Nationals landscape and recruiting? They weren't. You know who changed that? Immediately, Marcus Freeman. Immediately. And you can say it might have been a mistake because he went all in.
1: Yeah, for the first time.
2: He said no when Jackson Arnold wanted to visit and love Notre Dame. He said, no, I got my guy.
1: I said, I got my guy. When
2: Kispozina was headed to Notre Dame.
1: For tight end,
2: he called him. <laughs> Chris, you don't have to come. I got my due. I'm all in.
1: But it's crazy. He had the,
2: wait a minute. I just want to say this. He had the three best quarterbacks in the class in love with Notre Dame. And he had just been on the job a month and a half. Tell me when Notre Dame had that type of love from quarterbacks. I'll wait. I'm waiting. Be grateful. Because you don't understand the jump that has been made in the recruiting landscape in just eight to nine months. You have no clue how the perception of Notre Dame has changed just like that.
1: That's true. And and it's crazy that it only took a year. And see, look, People keep, naming, people keep naming
2: one quarterback. One, listen to me. Name a time the top three quarterbacks in a class in one year all wanted to come to Notre Dame. Name it. I didn't say name when they got a good quarterback. I said name a year in which all three high school quarterbacks, the top three, all wanted to come to Notre Dame. You can't because it hasn't happened. It didn't happen under Lou Holtz because Lou Holtz didn't really need those guys. It didn't happen under Brian Kelly. Best class he had come in was probably what, you and Gunnar Kill? That
1: was, yeah. From He's a quarterback standpoint? Ed, Ed was a five-star, right? Ev was, it depended upon the publication. Ev was pretty solid. So it was Ev, then Gunner, then me, I think. So, but you and Gunner were the same year, right? That was the year after, but he left so fast. So
2: Yeah, he did. He did. Somebody else came in with Gunner, though.
1: Uh, no, it was just Hendricks. They only brought in one guy. Okay.
2: And Gunner was a late
1: Gunner came like on signing day.
2: Yeah, he 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 was like a flip, if I'm not mistaken.
1: LSU. Yeah. Or my point. LSU.
2: Yes. My point is, no one was talking about Vazina, Dante Moore, or Jackson Arnold coming to Notre Dame under the previous regime. Nobody. Nobody as soon as marcus freeman took over things changed dude be grateful man that's why i'm at peace with this team i'm at peace with this recruiting bro i don't care who flips i don't i really don't because i know there's so much that has been done to improve the program in recruiting. So much that has absolutely nothing to do with ultimately who signs. You have to look at the totality of it. Yeah. Defensive line.
1: God give him an A. Uh saw flashes of everybody. Make it please. It wasn't just one guy. Uh, and you know. Foskey getting that sack record is just an A for the whole day, especially from the D-line. Being the leader of the D-line and and going through the, the, the good and bad times and still being able to perform and execute when it matters, uh, the D-line made a great stand, and in a lot of cases made it tough for the quarterback to even get adjusted or comfortable. I mean, he was throwing picks on screens. So yeah. I think you just got to chalk it up to that pressure, and it started with those guys up front.
2: Ooh, I already know now. You already talked about Jalen Snee. You already know this grade is probably about to be a little slanted. Your linebackers. <laughs> I already know this grade is about to be a little slanted.
1: Man, you know? I didn't yeah, I you wish know? I wish they wish they didn't put him in there. <laughs> Cause that's what we got sitting back there. Shoot, man. <sighs> <laughs> he made it an A because I was yes. about to give him a B so yes, yeah I'm excited about what we uh, what we got in the tank or what's already there that we've been I guess molding molding yeah. the mold during the whole season
2: OC Tommy Reese I, I'm going to be honest I thought Tommy did a pretty good job yeah I mean it's oh, too- it might have been one of his best Best called the games, top
1: three of the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, a three and seventeen, uh, and for us to go out and execute what Tommy does is, what a great job of is mm-hmm. game planning and having those uh, automatic touchdowns if you just run the right, if you yeah. run it right, you know. So yeah. we ran them right this time, yeah. and you got to see some of that uh, that Tommy genius that everybody likes. Uh and mentioned in the offseason before this season started. So uh if Tommy had a had his twin up there out there for real, you would see a lot more of performances like that. I do think he is a good offensive coordinator once he starts coaching what he got on the team, not yeah. when he starts doing his own thing. I'll <laughs> go. Gotta give him an A, man. I just man,
2: like- he needs to get a piece of that A to number twenty, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were about to give him, give him, give him an A, yeah. but I think that A needs to go to number 20.
1: Five turnovers in two games, man, that's, you know, you're the third, what, third in the country mm-hmm. behind guys that has been, you know, trying to get them picks all season. So
2: yeah.
1: uh, it's an anomaly in a lot of cases, but I don't know. I mean, he just, like you said, when you're a playmaker like that, uh, good stuff happens. So maybe this could be Christian Gray next year or something, you know. Mm, could be. Could be. Somebody asked
2: Morrison if he was surprised at what he was doing left.
5: Surprise. Uh, every single play, you got. we have a mindset in the DB room that the ball is coming your way. So no matter what, I'm, I'm always prepared. Um, so when I do get my opportunities, um, I'll be able to take advantage of them. So I, I don't get too surprised because – I haven't done anything yet, um, and I I just have to keep working.
3: And I guess just how would you summarize a day like you just had?
5: Just fun. I mean, just to have, like, a game like that with your seniors, um, like not even talking about my performance, just a a day like that, like it felt like I was a kid out there and just around a bunch of other, like, grown kids. So it was a fun fun day. Oh, man. See what I'm saying, Lef?
2: In the world of NIL and all this other talk, It was just fun. I'm just playing around with the boys. That's all. Like, forget what I did. I'm just out there having fun with my boys. Just balling. That's what it's all about. I thought that's why kids played the game when they start.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, generally, you you play the game because you love to play it. I think uh, the extra additives of all this stuff included, in the college football world itself, I think that just makes it more uh you get a little bit more tense because you're trying to keep that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like, yeah, it's it's great and it's fun, but you don't want to lose it either. So yeah. it's just a different kind of uh, mentality. But when you can see kids that are genuinely in for the love of the game and playing with their guys. Uh, Your individual stats usually reflect that. And uh, and, and this is a kid that, you know, understands that he may be on a hot streak that's rare, but he hasn't established himself enough in the college football world to, for at least to himself, uh, that he can rest on these laurels or this hot streak.
2: Yeah. You have to feel good. One of the things Marcus Freeman said after the presser, man, that I love, He was like, man, this was a great day, but the switch is on tomorrow. I was like, oh, he gets it.
1: He gets it. (laughs) Like, it's
2: reminiscent. No, seriously, it's reminiscent. Like, when Lovey Smith took the job with the Bears, his press conference, he was like, we want to win a division. We want to win a Super Bowl. But most of all, we want to beat that team up north. He got it. He got it. Like, yes, you got to talk about beating the Packers. He got it. Marcus Freeman understands. Like, yeah, great day, senior day, emotional. Got the shutout win. Got my youngsters in. They played absolutely wonderful. Played a great first half. Came out. Played another second half, second half that was great, even though we kind of took our foot off the you know pedal, but we still played with effort and energy. Everyone was up on the sideline. We had a wide receiver that was a senior. Get in and play defensive back. Like, like, everybody's having fun. The seniors aren't sitting down. They're standing up, cheering on the young guys. Everybody's into it. Like, just absolutely magical day. And before he leaves the press conference, he's like, tomorrow is on. Yeah. It's USC tomorrow. Like, wait, USC. tomorrow, this is over. Y'all kick it tonight. Go party. Get shown all the love. Receive all the love from the fans and your fellow students. Tomorrow, it's on. We got
1: business to handle. I love it. Are you damn right. Love it. We do have business to handle because this is a team that we have to be locked in for. And it's a team that is going to raise the expectation of our team up as well. Mm. They're on the hot streak. They're winning right now. They're ranked all, the, on the, and they're coming off a great win themselves, but uh, for where we want to establish ourselves, getting to a great bowl game opportunity as well as beating our rival.
2: Well, according to you, the CFP playoff, you, you're talking about them making the playoff if they beat USC.
1: I mean, we should, but you know, they'd be hating. On that <laughs> field, like, because come on, what is Clemson right now? Like, what,
2: nine? I think, it's well, I think they were ninth, right?
1: If they're in the top they're 10. Now, nine, yeah. That's That's the crazy part. Yeah. We should jump like, seven spots if when we beat USC. So wherever that lands us, because they're going to be at six probably tomorrow, right? Or sit right outside the top four or something like that. Yeah. We beat them. That means that we've beaten number six. We played number two and we beat uh number four. How does that not spell deserving of at least being five or being like, in consideration, if a team loses here and some crazy situation stuff happens, like <clears throat> if anybody, it should be us in Alabama. I think sitting right outside the playoffs, you know, provided we win our last games, but that's 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 me just knowing how what people will want to see, not this other TCU garbage. We would be TCU by the way. I
2: hey I wholeheartedly agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree
1: with you. Nobody wants to see TCU if you didn't give yourself yeah. due.
2: Notre Dame was late for the interview. When they lost the Marshall, and they lost, if there me. was a casting call for the college football playoffs. It <laughs> was a casting call. To sit down and do a reading and have the directors check you out, and that's the committee. Notre Dame came late, and the committee was like, "We would no longer see you."
1: Oh, that's unfortunate.
2: That's what they we're did. The, we're the, the best
1: talent. That they, you know, we're the best reader that you got. That you could be the is. case.
2: What could be the case? Could be the case. You were late. Sorry. Maybe next time. We'll do this again next year. Maybe you'll take advantage of the opportunity.
1: Oh, Notre Dame did They can't have the show without us next year, for sure.
2: Yeah, that's up to Notre Dame.
1: That is up to Notre Dame.
2: That's up to Notre Dame. Lucky Lefty Podcast, as always. Go to CFP Nation. Check out all of our great content. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Lucky Lefty Pod. Leave us five stars. we appreciate it. Leave comments. We'll respond back. It's the Lucky Lefty podcast. We spin it different. Now, Coach Freeman, you know, he spoke after the game. And, Left. I'll ask you this question, but I want you to hear what Coach Freeman had to say in response to it. When someone asked him, how has your team
0: improved? Since Marshall and Stanford, at some point after season, we'll go back and reflect and say, "Okay, where did we start to here?" Right now, we're just in the moment, and um, but they are performing and playing at such a higher level, I'm sure, than we did at the, the start of the year. But it goes back to the leadership, those seniors, those guys that are our captains, and and you know what, they could easily start blaming and complaining and pointing fingers. Those guys looked at themselves and said, "We're going to work," and they drugged everybody with them. and And that's the sign of a, a team that's led by its its seniors and its leaders. And uh, there was no other option in our program. There was no other option. You know, I can get up there as a head coach and say, "This is what we're doing," but until it's implemented by the leaders on your team, um, you know, that that's such a strong statement in terms of their type of leadership. And so, I'm proud of the way they've led our program.
2: That's interesting. He said, we can talk all we want to as coaches, but until it is taken and implemented by the leaders on the team, you're really not going to be successful. I thought that was really transparent, what he was talking about, the improvement in the play with his ball club.
1: Yeah, I mean, Marcus Freeman gets it because he was a player at one point, and now he's a coach leading players at this point. So I think he understands the significance of – what those seniors mean and what the leadership of that of those seniors mean to the program and how it lays out for the future. And I think uh, Marcus Freeman is a guy that you want to be around as a senior and the guy you want to be around as a leader because he's going to put you in spots to lead and do that, this, that and the third, which is what a great head coach does. So um, you get to see a, a melding of what a team that loves to have their head coach and a head coach that loves to be there.
2: Can can we at least get the gray vest in the bookstore, man?
1: I'm saying it'd be clean.
2: Stay on the clean.
1: website,
2: Under Armour. I mean, what you all don't like money?
1: He just got his personal line, and he always looking fresh and stands out. I don't even think he got wet. That brother kept it on after the post game because he said, "I'm still warming this."
2: Man, look here, man. <laughs> So fresh and so clean, bro. So fresh and so clean. Um, let's go ahead. Let's dive into it. Uh, let's get this recruiting out of the way. Uh, briefly delve into it a little bit while we're giving out the grades. Rumors of Jaden Greathouse, who I guess went to another game in Texas, and Peyton Bowen. Uh, some guy. Future cast him as flipping to Oklahoma. Thoughts left. Do it. <laughs> I, I wish the fan base could really had the attitude we have. To, we don't care. We don't care. Marcus Freeman said it on the field immediately after the game with Zora Stevenson, man. Notre Dame is a place that will expose you. It's different. It's a place of resiliency. It's a place that's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge the worst of you. It's going to challenge the best of you. Either you want to be here or you don't.
1: Ain't nobody begging nobody to be at nobody. Ain't nobody ain't about
2: there. to beg you. You're not about to bring other offers back to us and negotiate.
1: We're not doing that.
2: And Marcus Freeman and his staff haven't made it abundantly clear. In this 2023 class. That we're not doing. We're not doing. It. You can go. Don't go visit, get a deal, and then come back to us asking us, can we match you? You end up like Ray and Swing Time Records, bro. Like, we're gonna have to let you go. Yeah,
1: we not just, no. we're not mad or nothing, it's just we're not
2: about to waste we, doing no. that. We don't do that. We don't we don't give you. We don't give someone that has not added any value to the program as of yet millions of dollars, and then when they get upset after that freshman year, they hop in the transfer portal, kind of like Walter Nolan, the number one defensive tackle who went to Texas A&M, got money, and now he's bouncing, probably about to head back home to Tennessee. Jack Swarbrick told you this type of stuff was going
1: to happen. He said it. Got the money and went back to Tennessee.
2: John Garcia Jr. On our show predicted stuff like this was going to happen. And Notre Dame took the stance we're going to wait and see how things play out. It is what it is.
1: It is what it
2: is. It is what it is, man. So, if they sign, welcome. If they don't,
1: Cool. No welcome.
2: (laughs) Hands on Twitter talking about, I'm I'm terrified. Like, terrified? Like, really? Get control of your emotions. I'm not terrified about any young man making a decision. Last but not least, we want to talk about this Phil Jacoby situation. Left, you have something to say? I'm sure you read the post.
1: I mean, he just kept it vague enough to where – you know, people will speculate, all type of stuff. So it just shows you really <clears throat> scared to say what you really want to. And, you know, who cares? You know, you dealing with three or four injuries anyway. So, you know, everybody likes to write great long posts, but it's just a post.
2: So basically, this is what I have to say. <clears throat> Fans, they want to put them on a the petty train. We have to oblige. Throw Phil on the petty train, right? Certain information that I know that I will not divulge, but I'll say this. For a large percentage of what he said, he wasn't wrong. And it's sad. My only issue with Phil is that he is allowing individuals inside of an institution speak for the totality of the institution. I don't care where you go. There's always going to be what people perceive as bad apples or jerks or people that are just mean. Like people are people. That's a people problem. School, work, family, you can't choose your family. I have family members I'm not bringing to the corporate party, bro. I just can't.
1: I, just can't.
2: I love them to death. Love them to death. Love them to death, they're not coming with me to my corporate party, bro. And I go on with you. Nah, nah. But that doesn't make my family a bad family. That's true. So, you know, his comments seemed to be the name aimed at Notre Dame rather than being aimed at the people. I always wondered what triggered it. He was honest. Go read his statement. He flat out said, Derogatory comments from the media, which I'm going to assume came from Notre Dame media, about his comments that he made over the summer, prompted him to say this, period. And I'll say this, his use, based upon the information that I know, his use of cultural appropriation from certain people was spot on. It was not something that he misused. It was spot on. And it shouldn't happen anywhere. I don't care where it shouldn't. What took place in his experience should not happen anywhere. And it has nothing to do with the institution. I'm talking about no person or people should entreat anyone that way. They shouldn't. My problem is if you're going to broach that, you gotta lay it all out on the table, bro. You can't be vague.
1: That's what I'm saying. It just it yeah. was too vague. Not, yeah. not yeah. everybody knows. Like, I didn't right. know. I was just like, well, you're not you saying a bunch of
2: not with that topic. When you when you go into that topic, that's that's a sensitive topic, and you can't be vague. Yeah, so. If derogatory comments made you speak up, then just spill the beans.
1: Yeah. Just spill the beans. Other than that, it just sounds like you just salty about something. something
2: That's really. It is. It is. So somebody should have proofread it and let them know this part's cool. This part, uh, you might want to kind of fashion it a little bit different. But it is what it is. You know, he has to live with it now because he put it out there. So, you know what time
0: it is. It's time to get petty.
5: Oh, we did a good job executing it.
0: Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train.
5: I just don't like you.
1: You
0: don't? No. What is today's Petty (laughs) Historic? Petty Junction.
2: Jump Johnson Petty Story of Day brought to you by Nora Whiskey that Premium American Whiskey and Um, I'm not even gonna say his name because look, that quarterback for the New York Jets, I throw that dude on the patty train, man. You <laughs> talking about somebody that doesn't get it. Like my brother. Look, man.
1: How did he get drafted number two overall under?
2: You know why. I'm yeah. talking
1: about it was like, oh, okay, we got him at one, and then Zach at two, and then uh, well, who knows what happens at three. How?
2: Yeah, you know you know how. And it's the same reason, the exact same reason Will Levis is seen as oh, yeah. number two in this draft. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Come on, man. There's a, He's had a horrible season. It's not like he's had a great season, and people are like, He's had a horrible season at Kentucky. You shouldn't even horrible,
5: horrible
2: Vanderbilt. There is no. This is my issue, and I'll leave it at this. There is no way Hendon Hooker could have had a horrible season at Tennessee and still be considered. Oh yeah, the hell first
1: no. round pick. Hell no, no way. Hell no, hell way. No. no way. This dude, Will Levis, has been awful. And is behind C.J. Stroud.
2: And he's climbing. People are talking about this dude being number one. Man, we'll see you all tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's...
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?